what's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? I'm so happy to be back. Uh, It's been like about two weeks. I swear I haven't forgotten about you all. I've actually been podcasting a lot. I recorded the Framing Britney deep dive, and then obviously today's episode, I was a guest on Wombat Water, which is... Um, a really fun podcast. <laughs> I can't wait for you all to hear it. I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but hopefully soon. Um, I owe you all a solo epi. Literally one of the funniest things <laughs> has happened to me. It's one of those situations where um, I texted someone um, and it was sent to the wrong person. Uh, So I can't wait to chat about all of that. But I've been a little bit busy, which is weird because in this phase, whatever, of quarantine, I feel like I have nothing going on, but I am simultaneously so busy. I don't think I've said this on the pod before. I don't know why I just like um, stuttered, but I don't think I've said this on the podcast before, but in January, I started a teaching English as a foreign language course. Uh, So it's about 10 hours a week, which is no joke. I kind of just thought it'd be like a little bit of a side hustle, but it has thoroughly taken over a big chunk of my life. And it's so cute, y'all. I'm like making these little lessons for students and like doing some micro teaching. It's been really, really fun. Not to like get super into it. This is already a long episode and I feel like this is becoming a long intro, but I've always low key thought I wanted to be a teacher. So this is kind of, I don't know, indulging in a lifelong dream of mine that maybe I didn't realize (laughs) till later in life. But there's lots more RTBP ahead. We've got some fun guests. Um, This is your warning now to binge all five seasons of Summer House by this weekend. Um, I'm giving you the heads up now so you're all ready for our next episode. Okay, this has been way too much about me. Today's episode is... An important one, I'm talking to Ida and Zachary, two TikTokers with a love of Princess Di and the royal family. And of course, we're discussing the Meghan and Harry interview, what's happened since then, and I don't know, what surprised us the most. Y'all know I love new internet friends, and I really hope you enjoy the episode. I will give you a heads up that... We do talk about Megan's suicidal ideation that she shared in the interview. So uh, we just briefly mention it, um, nothing too in-depth, but I wanted to give you that warning now just so you can take care of yourself if you decide to listen to this episode. Okay, let's get into it. Here's my episode with Ida and Zachary. I'm back with two very special guests. We're going to get into the Harry and Meghan interview and everything that has happened since then. Um, I'm joined by Ida and Zachary from TikTok. Ida, how are you? I'm good, Tori. Thanks for having me back today. Thank you. You, I feel like, are become quickly becoming RTBP's uh, royal expert. <laughs> so thanks for coming back. 
Um, Ida was on in early January to talk about Princess Di and when this big interview with Oprah came out I knew I had to have her back on the podcast so thanks for being here of course I had to bring our real royal expert today (laughs) I had to call up Zachary yes so Zachary of TikTok fame also a royal expert how are you doing I'm doing well Tori well, thank you for having me. It's like my first podcast. So I'm like, ooh, the inaugural yeah. episode. <laughs> Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? So I am a musical theater performer by trade and degree. Um, but right now, obviously, that's not in the works because of the pandemic. But I am um, currently just working here in my hometown, just waiting for everything to open back up and TikToking. <laughs> So where are you from? You're from Arkansas. I'm from Arkansas. Yeah. Just a little small town in Arkansas. Well, I say small town because that's like a Southern thing. I've realized like we could be in like a pretty big sized town and still be like, I'm from a small town. Yeah. Like that's Southern hospitality. Americans always say like, oh, I'm from a small town. And then I'm like, but have you been to Canada? Like every single city is a small town. Like even our biggest ones just don't compare to the States. And can you tell us a little bit about like how you first got into the Royals? I was literally just thinking about this the other day because someone asked me the same question and I was, so I was in second grade and we went, I remember distinctly going to the library and I found like this big picture book of like the (laughs) 80s or something like that or the 90s. And it had this whole like spread about Princess Diana. And I remember like the first image I saw was like the wedding dress. And like that stuck with me. And then like since then, because I remember I didn't even know she had passed away until third grade. So I was devastated when I found out. I was like, wait, what? And that was like early 2000s. So it had been a minute. So I was like devastated. And then I now I've just, you know. I'm obsessed. I'm like hooked. It's like my reality TV. I don't even remember who I was listening to, but they're like in the UK, there's the Royals and in the US, etc. There's like celebrities and that's kind of how we treat them. Yeah, no, that's definitely like, I mean, I feel like the Kardashians and like Paris Hilton, Nicole, all of them, they definitely owe Diana like something because I think that's where like the world's first initial like fascination with like wanting to know what like these people like these celebrity figures are doing like in real life you know because she was she was everywhere on like every magazine cover yeah everyone had a fascination with her personal life which was different than royals in the past especially and then they didn't often give interviews either and then she gave that really big tell-all interview which a lot of people are comparing to this one and yeah, you're right. She kind of wrote the the playbook and kind of celebrity. I feel like it's like the circle of like politicians, the circle of like celebrities, and then the royal family like overlaps both of those. So they get like the CNN, the BBC angle and like the page six angle, like everyone has something to say. You're right. It's, since maybe it's less superficial because they're like a monarchy than 
um, other people that not only can people that are interested in like pop culture and celebrity get into them, but like, yeah, literally anybody because they are like, yeah, an institution, which we heard a lot of in the interview. And Diana, you know, she was the one I felt like that she kind of like pulled the veil back behind this persona and this mystery of like being a royal family member and you know we only ever do this and we never shake hands and this that and the other and she just was like yeah. no we're not doing that I know she was like so different from them I also thought and I kind of want to do a little bit more research into her but Fergie also really I think like told the world about like what was going on and how different it was from like us normies yeah she is definitely like one of the most underrated and I need I definitely want to research her more too because I watched some of the clips of her Oprah interview it was so eerily similar to Diana's and Megan and Harry's and I was like oh so okay this is all adding up I know. I hadn't honestly looked into it too much until recently, too. I didn't know that there was so much to say. I thought maybe that was my ignorance. But like you said, there's a lot of similarities between those three. It's kind of it kind of gives you chills. Especially because this is like 20, 30 years later. And it, it just seems like not history is repeating itself, but like these similar themes that are still coming up and yeah it's just all been fascinating to watch obviously so I think we'll kind of get into it so we're gonna give our overall impressions of the interview um, and talk a little bit about what we enjoyed about it and what surprised us and then we are gonna talk about what has happened since because a lot (laughs) has happened um, in the almost a week since the interview aired Um, And then we're going to talk a little bit about questions we still have of Harry and Meghan, of the royal family, and maybe hypothesize some things, (laughs) put our uh, expert knowledge to good use. So let's get into it. Ida, what was your impression of the interview? Oh, what a good like Sunday night special Oprah had for all of us. The best way I can say it is like, I was so, and it's going to be an oxymoron, is I was so, so surprised, but also not surprised at all. And I'll explain what I mean by that is that like, I was like, everyone had a suspicion about most things that came up in that interview. I would say even like the detention between Harry, Meghan and the family, like the race issues, even I think people had kind of made comments about. So that didn't surprise me much, like the fact that those issues exist. Them sitting down with Oprah and just putting it on the table, I think I was like, oh, wow, like we're not we're not beating around the bush. Like we're we're being blunt. We're saying it how it is. And, you know, I I think that's what kind of surprised me, like the aspect that they didn't hold back. And I kind of admire that, to be honest. I think it's really hard to be vulnerable like that with everyone watching and everyone's going to have something to say. But I think it was just such a weird, like, I didn't even know how to feel after everything they just said for those two hours. Yeah, I feel like with these types of interviews, you get so hyped and then you're like, okay, they might just be like super surface level, which like, fair enough. It's their private lives. It's like some of their most painful things that have happened in their life so like exactly they like have the right to keep that totally private so yeah I was really surprised at how much we really heard about uh what has been going on over the last couple years what about you Zachary what did you think I just sat there with my jaw like unhinged the whole time because I mean I knew I knew well let me say this there's 
truth to every story. So I knew at some point all these tabloid stories were the truth would get out eventually. But I just, I like just hearing it all laid out there. And then Oprah, like with her like expert, like way of just like getting the answer and getting it in such like a poignant and like historical way, um, just was like the icing on top of the cake. Like I saw some kids on TikTok who were like, I say kids, cause they were like, who's Oprah? Like, why doesn't she have a show or like something? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, y'all don't know. Like, oh, this is not her first ball game. Like Miss Oprah has been in the game. Like she knows oh how God. to ask the question. As a person who watched Oprah every day after school growing up, like that just <laughs> astounds me that people don't know that. Yeah. That's, I guess that's fair if they're like really young, but yeah, this is not her first rodeo at all. Yeah, she's not pleased yeah. by royals and, and getting down to like the answers we all want to hear. I agree that I was, yeah, really surprised at some of the content. I just feel bad that we're like at a state where they have to like always fight for their like relationship and like justify things that have happened. But I'm really glad that they both got airtime and I'm excited to see kind of what happens next obviously and I hope that this was just a good experience for them and maybe some like healing and I don't know maybe a weight lifted off of their shoulders exactly because mm-hmm. I think at the end of it they're talking about like their family like he's talking about his parent it's hard you know to us it's like we talk about Charles like <laughs> I feel like on TikTok like everyone everyone like likes to kind of put blame on him but that's his dad it's really difficult to to talk about your family so publicly I think yeah I know I always like really underestimate that it's like that is yeah their grandparents their parents their siblings just couldn't even fathom like the amount of hurt and complexity that these relationships have sure yeah Zachary what was your biggest surprise of the interview you said your your mouth was <laughs> was dropped the whole time, but was there a specific moment that you're like, holy shit, like this is this is historic or this is wild? I think the Megan talking about her like where she was mentally. And I just remember, I mean, I remember seeing like the headlines and things and I'm like, she's pregnant. Like give her a break. Like the one especially that I never, I still I can't wrap my head around is when they would like condone her for like cradling her baby bump. And I'm like, what, why is that a talking point? Or why is that news? Like what? And so that I think for me, because I remember seeing like those pictures from that event and all of, because I think that was right before she, the Lion King premiere when she met Beyonce. Cause I remember when she (laughs) met Beyonce, I was like, oh, my world is gliding. And I think it's so, it's even more poignant now to know that's when their decision was made was that night, that event, because the Lion King premiere was after that. And in that leaked video, you can hear Harry talking to the CEO of Disney, like literally being like, Megan does voiceovers. Like they were needing money. They were needing a way out. So they already knew within, I think that time frame, oh they were my like, God. okay, go. you're like blowing my mind right now. <laughs> you're totally right. <laughs> and everyone shit on them for approaching the Disney CEO. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is so like uncouth or like, they're like, this is so tacky or whatever that you yeah. would do this. 
they were like desperate to 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 forge a, a new path that is such a good point i i hope that pe- more people look at that clip in a in a different light yeah. but you're right that event at like prince albert hall or or wherever it's just so interesting because i looked at those pictures when they came out and i was like she looks stunning they look so happy look at them holding hands like it's so fancy and like it's the princess prince fairy tale and then just just no idea knowing that now like i just i feel so so bad like just because you just assume like oh they not that i I ever thought like oh they had it easy because i know that when they were even dating there was issues with the family and the public and the press and stuff but like they just looked so glamorous and they were like obviously really struggling well and I think that point of the interview too was also such a callback to the Diana the panorama interview and so that for me I was like oh because like it was already kind of like oh like another royal family member is doing a tell-all but like that made it where okay so this is like our generation's 1995 panorama interview and it's just wild okay but this might be getting too much into it and i don't want you to weigh in after about your biggest moment but like okay so the diana interview wasn't that really well received because when i was watching this interview i was like this is the turning moment finally harry and megan will get some peace from all the fucking naysayers and then it's still so mixed bag about like what happened and stuff and it's so frustrating like what do you think about that i think a lot of it honestly it's it comes down to race and how how intertwined racism is into literally everything because had diana been the mixed race woman who gave that interview back then she would have been burned at the stake you know and i think that's why megan is so polarizing because the only people I ever see on my social media that drag her or that have anything negative to say about her, right. none of them are people of color. Right. Not a one of them. Not a one of them. And I always check because I'm like, okay, this person has a lot of feelings. And I always go to their like TikTok accounts and they're yeah. always like white men, white women. White yeah. women especially mm-hmm. resent her. I have noticed. I see that too. Like internalized misogyny, racism, just all at play mm-hmm. i'm gonna agree with zachary because I, I someone like correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like princess diana had this like everyone loves her aura around her like no one had anything bad to say about it about her which you know we all stand her we love her but i don't think it's as black as white as that and like even when megan and harry were getting married like people were like she was an actress she's she's been divorced like we're in 2000 and what when was it 18 like when since when is being divorced like so taboo and I feel like people pick at random things and decide they hate her and then they anything like what I've noticed is when you hate someone they could tell you the sky is blue and you will find a way to shit on it pardon my French but that's how that's how I think a lot of people approach her like she could say hi my name is Megan and people will be like she's so self-centered like why did she say that and I think that's just how it is yeah no that's a really good point I think like when you also can't pinpoint like where your hatred comes from like it's usually something like race like that's really when you should be checking in with yourself and like unpacking a little bit of that for sure I know what was your biggest surprise I think we talked 
pretty in depth in, about it so far. One part that really surprised me was when Harry made that comment and was like, it was so savage. He was like, oh, um, if my dad, after he stopped picking up my calls, my, just like Zachary, my jaw went through the floor. I was like, that's shame. Yes. I gasped. <laughs> I audibly gasped. Like <laughs> I was like, oh. I think it was like so intentional too. Like it was just like a hundred percent. Here we go. Um, yeah, that really, really surprised me because I didn't think that it was at a point where they weren't on speaking terms, and like it wasn't just like oh we haven't talked in a while. It was like he stopped returning my calls, and we're gonna talk about this later. But Prince Will was at a event uh, this week, like like uh in the latter half of this week and everyone asked about the interview and he said I haven't talked to Harry yet and I was like that seems weird either you're you're buying yourself more time and you have talked to him or you haven't talked to him and like that seems so weird that you wouldn't immediately pick up the phone after this had aired any thoughts about that I am sure there is much more to that story even more because my whole thing is with Harry's body language throughout the whole interview well number one I noted he had like very little airtime and I think that was intentional because I think he like with him putting in that little comment like I think he would have completely just burned the whole palace down if he had been on as long as Megan had been on and and I think it was intentional that he wasn't on there as long yeah and William there's there's definitely more yes. to that story a hundred percent I, more to I that. can't wait to chat about that my biggest thing yeah definitely that Megan was struggling and that they refused to provide her support a few things like the royal family or at least like Will Kate and Harry have been on so many like mental health initiatives and really trying to like transform mm. like healthcare practices and just break down some of that stigma related to mental health struggles and to hear that that hasn't translated to the royal family or like the firm or whoever manages it is like really hard to hear because obviously when you're doing this type of work you need to have it like impact many people but like it should also start with your I want to say in like employers, if we were like normal people, like if you have weird office culture about this type of stuff, but you're like spouting it externally, like your intentions need to align with your like your company or your the institution, um, what they're in. And then I, the other thing is they're like, this is so embarrassing if you seek help, which we know that's the absolute opposite it takes so much courage and strength to come forward with these types of things but it was weird how they're like that's embarrassing I just wouldn't they want her to feel better and get the support that she needs so she can carry on her duties and and so they can keep it private like so not to hide it but to uh I don't know, just support her as a what a family or like a group of friends or colleagues would do. It was it was so weird to me. Do either of you have an idea? Do you 
do you think it was like an immediate royal family member that denied her this support or do you think that it was like they kind of mentioned like human resources or like the the people that manage them (laughs) well how I understood it was like first Megan approached like whether it be like a person or some I'm going to assume she went to like the queen's aide or like her aides or like you know because they've all got like their offices like Charles has his office you know um so I'm thinking like that's where she went to first and they were like absolutely not because I had I I would probably put money on it that the queen had no idea I really don't think that she had any clue and then she from so from like the interview I feel like it was like she did that and then she literally went to like their HR because she like as an actor like she mentioned like we have the union and she so she's like well this is the same thing right and then for them to be like sorry like you're not on the payroll (laughs) you're not on the payroll (laughs) yeah and I think something that like she made clear and I kind of maybe knew this but I don't think I knew to this to this extent like how much I guess an air quote power is really out of the hands of the royal family. Like not that they are powerless, but I think like when you think of like whose fault it would be, I, the people that make these decisions are like people with no name or face to us, like people that view the media. And I hate to say it, but I think that those people probably don't care about Megan to the same extent. Like your relationship with your employer is way different than your relationship with your family. So when your employer doesn't back you up and then you go to their boss, which is a family member and they don't back you up. I think that's when you kind of get in that like corner dead end position. Do either of you want to explain a little bit more about like, cause you're, you're referring to like Clarence house and like Kensington Palace and stuff those are the offices that they run yeah I mean so there's Clarence House Kensington the Windsor but yeah they all have like offices that manage their affairs like a PR team I'm I'm sure there's a marketing team social media team now exactly um that people are you know they brief them they make their schedules for them and well and that's like in that um the clip where they talked about how the queen couldn't see them after they had made the announcement. Like all of a sudden she couldn't see them. She didn't make that decision. And that's the crazy thing. Cause the queen's not sitting around like with a planner, like, (laughs) Oh, today I guess I'll meet so-and-so, you know, like these people are doing it for her and she just wakes up and does what she does. And we see that on the crown, like the, the people making the schedule and stuff. Mm -hmm. Why? why don't we hear more about them or who they are or like I guess they try to keep that private because like again yeah like I would want to hear from those people (laughs) they're probably very well paid and very comfortable and they probably have health care I'm sure they probably have housing there like these people I mean that's their lives like they're basically living the lives of the royal family but they're yeah they're not the like outward people in the shadow like they're the um the <laughs> wizard behind yeah yeah i mean they are literally the professor being in the curtains behind the wizard of oz floating head like making things happen and I, and it's also kind of like scary too to think there's like this altered like alternative like full running around pulling strings and doing that but they are i mean they're the ones squashing the stories they're the ones that diana duped cuz they like diana didn't tell them she was going to do the panorama interview 
So that's why Hell Broke Loose would not have and the book with Andrew Morton. And that's a really interesting point, too, because it came up in the interview about that huge headline right before Megan's wedding about her supposedly making Kate cry. Um, and she was like, no, Kate made me cry. And yeah, I guess it would have been up to those people to squash that story. And they chose not mm-hmm. to, obviously, deliberately. Well, the timing of that, to me, is what is suspicious. Because that headline didn't even come out till months after they were already married. Like what was it? like she said, like seven months right. after or something like that. Yeah, there was one. I know what Tori's talking about. There was one headline that did come the Sunday before. Do you remember? Yeah. It wasn't the Kate situation. It was another one. Oh, the dad, the dad stuff. The dad, yes. Like days yeah. before. Yeah. Like and Megan. So that's what she was insinuating, right? Is that this the people that run the office could squash these stories and talk to the press and they every single time decided not to and then her just be like absolutely annihilated by the public well she made a comment which was interesting to me and she was basically saying how like they invite the press to the to the palace or to events like the same way that you bring them in you can shut them out number one and i would Mm. assume that they shut out rumors about if today i go and i say oh i'm gonna say something about prince william they're gonna stop me like i think they've done it before so i think watching them like protect other people and i think she kind of alluded to this and like not protecting her was kind of what hurts more because you're like you know kate's a sister-in-law i'm a sister-in-law or just why is it so different and i guess it goes back to some stuff we talked about before in the podcast but i think they have to also have a scapegoat and Megan was their sacrificial lamb in that aspect because yeah. then the Prince Andrew mess came out. That story got squashed about Prince William yeah. cheating on Kate. Yeah. No one talks about that. I remember reading that thread um, that the journalist posted and she was like, I was literally told like, if I post this, yeah, like, they ruin you. Over. They have the money, the power and the name to ruin your life. Like that is like a statement of fact. Yeah. Okay. This is so wild. You're right. So like they're protecting people like Prince Andrew and they're just letting Megan just get all of the brunt of it. It's, it's so ugly. Yeah. And the, the will cheating thing. You're right. I, no one talks about that anymore. And it's almost like a distraction. Like let's put, let's talk about Kate and Megan having a little bridesmaid fight. So everyone forgets that Prince Andrew was on Epstein's Island like two years ago. Like that's literally like a, it's, bait for the public i know and we're all like <laughs> like mo- most people are <laughs> i guess this is an audio only podcast so i can't do that but but i like most people are like okay the bait and switch and we've already changed the topic exactly prince andrew stuff hasn't been in the media for a long time but all of this every fucking step megan takes is detailed Mm-hmm. like extensively she's brutalized even in my local news like that i'll see on like facebook like they just post the general articles but people in the comments are like oh my gosh and they just see the headlines and think like here's a princess like crying about how awful her life is so i get it in that aspect but also i don't think they understand like the bigger picture of like why like the people who stand megan like we're like but wait like 
she's really the victim. Like she is genuinely yeah. the victim here. Like a lot of people were like, oh, look at these like wealthy, privileged people discussing these things. But you can still have empathy and for for people that experience these things because money doesn't protect you from racism or misogyny. So mm-hmm. I think what is even more mind blowing to me, too, because everyone keeps saying like, well, imagine if Megan had been a dark skinned woman. And I'm like, we already know, like she would have never made it down the aisle. There would have never been a ring on her finger. Me, me and Megan are both biracial, both like 50, 50, half white, half black. And we're both like where we could pass. Like if we didn't get out in the sun and we straighten our hair, like we could pass as white people if we had to in society. And she is just the fact that she has black in her that pisses off the, the people who don't like her. And the general just institutional, in, or what is, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, systemic racism that is just intertwined within not just America, obviously, but mm-hmm. like the world, like the world, like the Western world, like the everything. It's so crazy to like break it down. And like, if you really think about it, like everything goes back to it. I saw this quote or this like, in, I say quote, Instagram post the other day. <laughs> and it was saying that it was basically not verbatim, but paraphrasing it. It was basically saying like colorism is what got Megan's foot through the door and racism was what kept her out. So it's like, literally, I yeah. think it summarizes what Zachary was saying about the whole situation. Yeah. And I am glad that you both brought that up because a friend of the pod, Priyanka, sent that to me before we uh, recorded. Can you repeat the the quote, Ida? Because I just want to make sure that everyone can can ruminate on that for a second. Sure. So the quote was saying, uh, basically, colorism is what got Megan's foot through the door and getting in with the royal family. And racism is what has led to what we are experiencing today with her exclusion and the way that she's being treated. We could have a whole podcast just discussing that singular quote, but it is really true. And and do one of you, I don't want to put this on you. I could also explain it, but you want to break break that down a little bit more for the listeners that maybe haven't heard the term colorism before. Yeah. So like I'm light skinned in the deep South and like the civil rights era, there was like the paper bag joke or experiment or whatever, like the paper bag saying like, if you're lighter than a paper bag, like a Brown paper lunch sack, like you can pass as white. And then if you're any darker than that, like, you're you're like you're screwed basically and like with colors on like how that works like well you can see like netflix for example we always want like more like black representation but we get a lot of like lighter skinned mixed race um black girls and boys in that position and we don't see dark black representation does that make sense that makes total sense like people that have lighter skin might benefit from being closer to whiteness than people with dark dark skin yeah yeah it's interesting when you think about it in the royal family and it's so gross and I think a lot of people were so surprised but it's tough to feel surprised about this because it's like this is a, a family and an institution that is colonized Mm. Uh, most of the world and we're still living in a world yeah like post-colonized or no it's not even post-colonization like it's still happening nowadays so it's like mm-hmm. we again this is a, a much larger conversation but 
people were so surprised at some of these things and it it's like but you're talking to like the 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 source the like root of all of this really and the way that it can continue to uh infiltrate our our society mm-hmm. 100%. okay let's chat that's a lot of stuff to, to chat about and and again like if you want to learn more about this like there are tons of things on the internet that you can look up and do like your own research but this is just our kind of our thoughts about it <laughs> Okay, so the interview happened on Sunday. I guess it aired on Monday in the UK. Oprah goes on, um, I think it was GMA, whatever Gail's talk show. I want to just call it Gail's show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she talks a little bit about how the interview went, um, how Harry uh, wanted to make it clear that some of the things that they talked about, like the family discussing their... Uh, baby's skin color uh, wasn't the queen and prince philip she talks about how they're not super super close i guess maybe just trying to show some objectivity and she said she was texting megan during the episode airing which i thought was really cute what do you two think about oprah kind of clarifying those those things for harry about the queen and prince philip i think for me it was very poignant that Megan, because Megan right off the bat was like, the queen has been nothing but welcoming and warm to me. And I think for me, that helped me solidify my, because I really feel like the queen genuinely like has no idea what's going on. And I feel like even in the crown, obviously that's fiction, but she still has like no idea because she's being the queen. And these people aren't going to be like, oh, well, Megan's doing this. Like they'll probably like briefly tell her like, hey, like this happened, but she's probably, she doesn't get the full story. Um, cause I thought it was very sweet that Megan told the story about their first, um, event together and that was pre-wedding, right? They weren't, I don't yeah. think they had walked out and it was just so sweet that the queen was like, oh my Megan, like get warm, like share my blanket with me. Like, so I think that it was very, it was very poignant that she made the point that it wasn't the queen and Prince Philip, like they're embalming that man. Like, <laughs> He is just going like in and out of the morgue every day. So like, I don't even know that he can like speak in general. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he flip. Didn't he flip his whole car the uh, like a year ago or oh something? He got gosh. the red. Remember? And they were like, "You can't drive anymore. Like, you're done. You're cut off. They're immortal. <laughs> yeah, they have something that we don't." have access to clearly he's like coming up on his 99th birthday you're right he probably doesn't have the fucking mental capacity no. to like know some of this shit he has no idea he's probably clueless. <laughs> oh my god that's so funny i know what did you think i think oprah definitely tried to make it clear that there was no like internalized bias like at the beginning she was like this isn't paid we live down the street from each other, but like we don't talk and the whole what you said about the interview. So I think that was something she tried to make clear at the end of the day. Any guesses as to so it's not the queen and it's not Prince Philip. That's two names off our list. Any guesses? Because I know what Zachary thinks about who it could have been. It makes sense to me that it would be Prince Charles. I feel like after like thinking about it longer, because initially I did think Philip. Um, but Prince Prince Charles was like in I think is multiple people, but I mm-hmm. Prince Charles. But I think I would not be shocked if Princess Anne really made the 
comment, I really wouldn't be shocked. Is she the one that wore the brooch? No, that's um, oh, Michael of Kent. Oh, or, yes. Or is it Princess Michael of Kent? Yes, I think that's title? it. She, yeah, she, well, I also found out she has, she definitely had to have said something because she, not only did she, so she wore, for those who don't know, she wore a brooch that had a very offensive depiction of a black person but bejeweled and she wore it to a dinner that was like specifically for family members to meet Megan. Mm -hmm. And she also has two black sheep whose names are Venus and Serena. Wait, I did not know that. Megan is friends with both of those women, but specifically she's best friends with Serena. Oh my God. Oh, this, this get, I feel like it gets uglier and uglier. And there was something, there was one other point that I can't remember off the top of my head, but she, there was another thing that she was like very outwardly just fully racist. Oh my goodness. And, and why did you speculate that it was also Princess Anne? And I don't even know necessarily that she would have said it. I think about how they said, well, it'd be very damaging to them. So that's why I think like it has to be William and Charles that had the conversation because Anne doesn't have... Um, like say yeah yeah but charles and william are both next well charles probably not next he's gonna he's old (laughs) well and like we don't really even know the full detail of the conversation because he wouldn't give it so like we don't even know like if it was just like a passing comment like a side remark or if it was genuinely like a whole meeting where we were like hey the one thing he said though was that it was multiple I think that's the part that pushes it. Because even if you're making multiple side comments, it's like, why are you thinking about this so much? Like, do you not have other, do you not have, go, go pick up a hobby. Like you should not, it's offensive. Like, why are you thinking about my child so much? Mm-hmm. For some reason, I really see it from Prince Charles, but Prince Will, like, I don't know. I, I guess he's just had such a good reputation that I assumed the best in him but but again that's the palace the powers that be making that facade because he's next and you know we don't even know the skeletons in his closet I know because they especially have to make the reputations of the people in line for the throne I feel like like squeaky clean and that's probably why Kate didn't bear the brunt of a lot of bad press coverage because they had someone else that they could pin it on oh it's it's so complex do you think that Harry and Meghan, like, reconcile with the family after this? Like, this was pretty damning. Ida, do you think, like, Harry and Meghan are going to, like, the 95th uh, and 100th birthday of the Queen and Prince Philip? I was going to mention that because in the last time we talked, you ended off with that question. You were like, what, what is happening? And this was, like, in January, so we didn't... We just thought Meghan and Harry were, like, living their best life in L.A. I just don't know how you can recover from that interview i as like putting royalty away like i'm putting it in my perspective i think if i went on oprah and said private things about my father as a nobody in toronto canada (laughs) i don't know how i would i don't know how i would like those bridges are burned in my opinion or at least pretty bad i think the one thing that upsets me is that we grew up in an era that i feel like we always saw like harry and william post and like they were kind of the duo brothers especially after going through something so tragic with like the passing of their mom even when Kate and William were together and Harry was single they were like he was the third wheel so I think that aspect makes it sad but you just you obviously all saw when 
the reporter was like oh have you spoken to your brother and he's like I have not yet but I will do like he sounded like he was gonna call into the principal's office I know <laughs> yeah it sounded so formal and stuff for the way that like exactly. brothers would interact it was it was super super weird and the sly placement of them having the black woman in braids Okay, so let's chat about that for a second. So Will and Kate are at a function. Um, This is like Thursday. So just a handful of days after the interview. Like we mentioned before, uh, Will is directly asked, what did you think about the interview and have you like talked to Harry? He says, my family is very much not racist. And then... He repeats that and then he says, I haven't talked to him, but I will like in in due time or whatever he said. Kind of ominous. Um, And then you're right. So they had also a black woman there in braids and like a colorful outfit. Do you think that this was like a quick PR cover up setup type thing? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, even if it was a coincidence, they were probably all like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Like, even without all that, like, they were probably like, this is exactly like, okay, great. Like, we're good. The world's going to see this and be like, oh, they're not racist. Like, whatever, Megan's lying. And we're all just like, that is like the most, like, desperate ploy you can make. It's just, well, and Charles did it too. This seemed less genuine because you're right. It could have been planned beforehand. Who knew, like, I'm thinking the worst, but could give them the slight benefit of the doubt. But Prince Charles posted like a 10 slide Instagram post um, of him visiting. I think it was called Jesus House. And it was just all black people and him like posing with them. Yeah. And that just seemed even more staged. Yeah. I mean, it's like the politicians kissing babies type thing. Like exactly what it is. I mean, that is like the British equivalent of like when all the Democrats wore the African, what are they called? The the scarves and they were kneeling. And I'm like, y'all literally have the power to make legislation to stop white supremacy. And like Nancy Pelosi is like wearing African American. Um, like I was like, what? So like, that's like, that is like the British version of that to me, like to just be like, oh, perfect. Like let's get a photo op and like post it all over our socials. Exactly. I don't even follow Clarence anymore yeah I don't it's so curated and it's performative mm-hmm. very performative yeah a hundred percent I just want to know and maybe Ida you can start like where what do you see happening next do you see an interview after this do you see you know just like rumors that they've reconciled or that they still have a riff will they welcome their new child the new girl that they're having where do you see this going Oh, hard question. I don't know. I kind of think, and this is something we haven't talked about. I kind of think this interview, aside from like the whole family situation, was like a way for Megan and Harry to like clear everything up and like, I don't want to say move on, but I feel like they have good things coming for them. They have a child coming, like you said. They started Archwell, which is huge, and they only have like one episode on their Spotify. Like, I think. I would, aside from the family drama, I would just love to see them, like, do their thing, like, flourish, keep working for the organizations they care about, and kind of, like, give, like, two, like, big middle fingers to the family and be like, we can we can do whatever we want without your name and your help. 
as for the family side of things I think for the I think the birthdays will say a lot I think that will be because I think if they attend I think that's like a unspoken reconcile I think if they don't re- like they don't attend and there's pictures everywhere and they're not there I think that says everything else for that <laughs> I but I bet Megan won't go because she'll be pregnant. She'll be pregnant, pregnant. And how are you gonna show up? Yeah, like a hundred percent. Yeah. But she and because I don't know that uh, pregnant women can get the vaccine. Is it safe for them to? I don't remember if that. Yeah. I know there's like discussion, but I'm like she's probably not gonna because she'll be pregnant, pregnant by then because she said yeah, by the summer. Summertime. And I'm like, I would not be one to travel nine months pregnant no. to England. And like dressing up and all and attending like the, the, a major event too. Yeah, I think pregnant women can get the vaccine, but she wouldn't be able to fly like come, I think, like eight or nine months, I think. So right. I, I guess it depends on when it lands, but I don't I wouldn't see her her going. I'm I'm sure they're going to stay. And just a side comment before we get your take, Zachary. Um, this child is going to be born in the States. Does that matter with any of the like heir to the throne type of shit? <laughs> That's crazy because the thing is you like you've got citizenship. Like you can run for public office if you want. So right. it's it it's. It's weird. I'm going to, I'm very interested to see, but I mean, I'm sure the powers that be would never let it happen because they, I mean, they didn't even want to give Archie a title. Right. So I bet this, this baby probably won't have genuinely any claim to the throne unless like everyone else in front of her like was gone. And then by then people would probably like, then why do we have the the monarchy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, but it's, it's an interesting theory. Like, I think it would make for like really good television. <laughs> I want this kid to run for president. Yeah. They could have like a career in like American politics if that's what they want to do. Um, yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. And yeah, I guess they probably just get English citizenship through their parents, but yeah, that's wild so much to so much to look forward to um so Zachary where do you see Harry and Megan like yeah professionally and then like personally with the the royal fam I mean I'm sure Disney's gonna jump on have it well they already did have Megan I think narrate yeah. a, so I'm sure they're gonna jump on that more times I'm interested to see like what content they're gonna keep posting from Archwell not just from podcast, but from what I understand, it's trademarked so that it can be like an umbrella of like maybe even like a network or something. So I'm interested to see what all they do with that because I think they've left it open enough that the possibilities could be endless. I mean, they're going to need money soon because I'm sure Diana's money isn't going to get them through that much, which I think I, we didn't talk about this earlier. But the, can we please discuss the fact that um, Diana, which obviously she knew William would be taken care of. So she left everything to Harry. But just the coincidence that like she had all that left aside for Harry for him to, if he could leave, he could and just go. And I think she knew. She knew. I think she knew Harry would be the one to go if if any of them did. Yeah, and Ida and I talked about this on the last podcast that we did, like just really how much this we've seen this for the 
Harry's entire life, like, we all knew that this wasn't his, like, destiny. So, and he talked about that in the interview, like, that he feels bad for um, Charles and Will because they're trapped and that they have to continue to do this and stuff and that he got released, like, per se, um, or he got out of it. And it kind of seems like it's a little bit of like survivor's guilt. Like he got out of it and gets to kind of pursue what he wants to do, even though he was like, yeah, I'm still like doing like charitable work that I would have been doing if I was with the family. But yeah, it seemed like he had a little bit of guilt that way. But I think all that guilt was probably gone after he realized like, Oh, like we're not giving you security. And they had to go to Tyler Perry. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Like, I saw the funniest tweet that was like, I just can't get over the fact that Tyler Perry was the one like protecting Megan and Harry. (laughs) They're like, all I envision is like them playing in like the Medea wigs and his clothes. Yes. Yes. And like last year before COVID really kicked off, they were living like 20 minutes away from where I lived in Canada. So I like my family and I. Were y'all like going on drive? (laughs) There's that picture of Megan um, and Harry walking on um, Horth Hill Park. And my family, trust me, we we went to Horth Hill Park. You're like, time to go. And then we went to the cafe that they went to. And then we went to the little market that they went to and like picked up snacks. So we just did like our little royal family tour. That's so cool. So yeah. Yeah. They were like hiding out here before they, they went to the States. So yeah, I wish them all the best. Truly the rest of the people I like care so much less about now I'm just like all team Harry and Megan and I do hope they reconcile if that's what they need to to move forward in a good way um or if they keep their distance if that's what they need I'm I'm happy for them to do that but yeah I'm waiting like on the edge of my seat for the queen's birthday and prince philip's birthday to see if they show up because I think that will be so fascinating or Prince Philip's funeral, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh, I we feel laugh, so bad. I feel so this bad. Man, this man just had like what open heart surgery or something. Like he is not well. Zachary, <laughs> your face was so sincere, and then Ida and I are just like dying. <laughs> This is I'm like well a complete side tangent. Like I literally think the queen Prince Philip, I agree with Zachary. He's living life on the edge. I think Queen Elizabeth is immortal. Like I think she will outlive <laughs> me. Well, the women on that side of the family, they, they don't know. live. Yeah, they live. Even it because the Queen Mother, she was like an like a low-key alcoholic. And she was what, like 103? Yes. But she was she was a low key alcoholic. Like yeah. they kept that on the DL. But she was like partying up until the end. <laughs> so Zachary and I were having like a side conversation like on Instagram before, and we we're just chatting. And they go, "Oh, um, what if the name of the daughter is Diana?" And I was like, "That is the one thing that could kill Queen Elizabeth. Like not <laughs> not COVID nineteen. Like if that baby comes out and it is like Diana." She- funeral time oh my god I saw that meme that was like 
Prince Philip doesn't want to pass over because he'll meet Diane. Yes. <laughs> well, I remember back in like right when he announced like Harry Meghan's engagement was announced and everyone was like so shook because they're like, oh, we got a black girl. We got a sister up in there. Okay. And I remember people were like, I know Queen Elizabeth and all of them are mad because like Diana is still shaking the tables from like the right. grave. Yeah. <laughs> Because, so I mean, true. honestly, none of this would have happened had she gotten out, had she gotten divorced when she wanted to and all that. Yeah. It's also, it's also key to remember Diana has said herself, like, her marriage with Charles was over after Harry. Exactly. Like, after she had Harry or, like, during the pregnancy, which, like, to me, that's probably why, like, they were so close is because, you know, I think Harry and Diana were definitely the closest. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I think it. I I've gotten that vibe like their whole life. Well, because William was probably always kept having to learn and and prep to be king, literally at a drop of a hat. Right. That's why it's so meaningful to see Harry do some of these things because I really think it's like his his mom's like wishes and stuff. And yeah, I I just love because I don't think the image of Harry walking through the same minefield would have had as an emotional effect on me if it was William. I know. It's so weird. And I think just like even their complexion, like their rosy cheeks and hair and stuff like that, it just Exactly. Um, Will nowadays looks like he's from the Windsor side. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. It's so, so sad. sad. But let me tell y'all, Harry on James Corden, when he did that whole army oh my God. I was like, oh, Harry like he was just when he climbed that rope (laughs) yes okay I'm so glad that we can like finish this on such a positive note because Ida and I in our last episode we ended it on William's bald head (laughs) 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 and I'm so glad we can just chat about the Harry interview that was shocking to me it was that whole interview it was just such a breath of fresh air yeah. and I almost wish it would have come out after this yeah. interview because it was so funny to just see Harry like cussing and like asking about like the random couple like can I please like, Use your like take a leave like yeah. sorry it was just so funny and like even Megan like she looked beautiful oh she God, looked yeah. like at ease like yeah and now I don't like I'm not a big James Corden fan of him personally that I was like, okay, like we'll allow it. I just couldn't believe he could do that army crawl and not get any mud on his shirt. Oh, I know. I'm. It just him when he climbed that rope. That was when I was like, oh, okay, he still got it. That like, was wow. so impressive. Yeah, as soon as he rolled up in that little like athletic outfit <laughs> next to, next to James, I was like, oh damn. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, uh, that's so funny. First, I should say, is there anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? I don't think so. I just, I'm just very anxious to see what happens. Like this time next year, what has unfolded between then? Because I think that's going to make or break a lot of things, better or for worse. 
Yes. Yeah. I'm really, yeah, this seems like such a turning point that I'm, yeah, like on pins and needles waiting for like the next moment. Hopefully whatever it is next year though, we won't be in a Panda Express, like whatever is happening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. Cause like, I'm like, I would love to go to a meet and greet. Like if they had meet and greets in LA, trust, <laughs> I would have a ticket. I'd be going like. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah, uh, I can could not even imagine that. Again, I was in the I was climbing a fucking mountain trying to find that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thank you both of you for coming on the pod. This was so it was some parts of it was not fun because it was a serious conversation, but it was really really nice having you both on. Well, thank y'all for having me and thinking of me to, to hop on too. Yeah, thanks for the hot tip, Ida. <laughs> of course. The second you suggested this, I was like, I have to ask Zachary, but it was so nice to <laughs> to chat with, with both of you. Like when she DM'd me, it was funny because I was like, wait, like tonight we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I was ready. I was like, <laughs> can we just appreciate can we just appreciate like internet friends and how this call i had to send three different time zones i was like is anyone free at like pst cst and est i know and i'm so glad you did the math for me because that is like i can never get it right so i'm so glad but yes thank god for internet friends uh, where can the listeners find you, Zachary, on TikTok? And tell the listeners what they can expect when they see your TikTok. Yeah, I just have like this weird um, mix hybrid of like musical theater and then like now royal family content. Because <laughs> that's like, it was weird because like I was only, I, was, I wasn't I was trying to blow up, but I was like, I was really putting like a lot of effort into the musical theater side and then the royal family side that I just like, posted like a literal like I was like oh I'm about to go to bed but let me post this and then from there it blew my whole account up so it's just so funny how when you aren't trying that it (laughs) that it works like that but um yeah my TikTok is Zachary underscore a underscore Myers because someone took my other one so um but my Instagram is also on there I have like a link tree with all my other socials on my TikTok so Nice. All of that will be there to find. Nice. Thank you. And Ida, where can the listeners find you? Um, you can find me on TikTok, Ida Salamat, and on Instagram as well. Same at no link tree. I'm not that official yet. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm the same Zachary. Like it's like you do Royals content and then you're like, okay, I have nothing to say. And then one thing hits and you're like, okay, like time to do yeah. every trend, but just a, I feel like TikTok now is just a, like a random mixture of whatever you want to create. Like you just pop it on your platform and like one will take off. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for coming on. Well, thank, thank you. you. And there you have it. Thank you so much to Zachary and Ida for joining me on this podcast and bringing their royal expertise and their lived experience to the pod. I super, super appreciate it. And of course, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. You can follow along on my journey at RTBP Podcast. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And TBH, soon to be TikTok. I will admit that I made the account. You can find me there. 
but I am nervous to start. It is really unlike me to be like camera shy, but I found in this pandemic, I'm just not wanting to like film myself and it's not anything to do with the way I look per se. Um, maybe it is. I'm just obviously getting ready a lot less. So I'm comfortable, but yeah, maybe just not filming myself, but that's something that I am working through. So stay tuned. (laughs) I feel like now that I've said it out loud, I have to follow through, but I just love the content that Ida and Zachary make and would love to follow in their footsteps. You can also leave our TBP a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps the pod find new listeners. I hope that you are staying sane out there. I know it's been a long 2021 already, but I hope that you are happy and healthy. And thanks again so much for just being on this journey with me. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.